0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm Jim here, as always, with Jack and Kyle. Flyers just won. 3-2 to two Scott with the overtime goal. What's going on, guys?
1: COVID never happened. The Flyers are exactly where they should be, doing what they need to do. A little overtime victory in Toronto. What
0: else is new? Picked up right where they left off. Sure did. Kyle, what would you think about that game, man?
2: I was impressed with a lot of it, actually. I mean, I was quite happy with how the team played for the most part. Uh, There was a good 10 to 15-minute span of the third period I wasn't too happy with. It kind of looked like they sat back too much. But all in all, when you have a three-, four-month break and you can come in and play hockey at that level – for the first two periods, I mean, you can't be mad. And I'll tell you what, it was clear as day that the Flyers really needed to hit something. Because holy shit did they hit in the first and second period.
0: They were flying around a little bit. And I don't know if, if you guys have checked out our, our pregame article here. I wasn't expecting that at all. I figured it was going to be fast-paced, very little hitting. Complete opposite. I mean, it was fast-paced. But some of these guys are throwing the body around a little bit. I'm thinking about guys like Scott Law and Albae Kubel later in the game. Uh, who am I missing here?
2: Konechny.
0: Me. Konechny, me, definitely, for sure, man. It so,
1: so, shows you certain guys can only play a certain way. It's their style.
0: That's, that's very true. So let's go down real quick before we get to the game here. Uh, let's preface the episode with some of the uh, keys, if you will, that each of us picked. Since we're on the topic of keys, look out in the future for... Kyle's keys we have a way to write articles now so we're going to be typing some of those out for you guys make sure you keep on the lookout so let's start with Kyle's keys first here we had uh, or or what Kyle wanted to see happen in this game and he wanted to see system play Kyle you want to elaborate a little bit off that one.
2: Yeah, I, I wanted to see them settle back into their game. I didn't want to see them, uh, you know, appear lost or, or, or fumbling the puck around. I wanted to see them fall back into their system of play. And we seen it right off the back from the, from the drop of the puck. The Flyers looked comfortable and in their system. And that's exactly what I needed to say. Obviously, that third period got a little funky. I'm not really sure what was going on. Maybe some tired legs. Maybe they just sat back like, ah, you know, who cares? But they pulled it together at the end, and I was I was quite happy with their performance overall.
0: For sure. And your second thing here was solid goaltending. I think they gave you that today.
2: Absolutely. I'll tell you what. I was impressed with he- Elliott's play coming in off the bench to start the third period, and it was by far the Flyers as a team's, Worst period of the game, and Elliot held him in there the entire time. Yeah, they tied it up, but that had nothing to do with Elliot.
0: So that was one of mine also was the goaltending, and it's hard for me to find anywhere to complain. You know, the, the combined, they only gave up two goals. I, I can't remember what the exact shot totals were. I think they were around 20 shots against. And uh, I thought you were right, man. Elliot looked phenomenal. He made some big key saves, uh, a save for me from Hart. When he uh, when Jake Gensel made that wraparound move, Hart kind of deflected the puck off to the side. That was that was a pretty nice save for me. Yeah, very happy with the goaltending. tending. Uh, zone exits was your third one here.
2: Uh, zone exits were, were one of the only keys. I mean, in the first 10 minutes, they had a uh, it appeared to have a little bit of a rougher time than they the, they had the zone exits down pat headed throughout the second period and the the second half of the first period. Period three, they did not have their zone exits on point at all. They could not get rid of that puck fast enough. The Penguins were just skating harder in that period. But in overtime, you had two breakaways. The zone exits were on point then.
0: Uh, that's for damn sure, man. So let's move on to some of Jack's keys here. We have – Jack, you wanted to see them come out and play uh, – a cleaner game. You didn't want to see as much rust and sloppiness. You wanted to see them kind of ready to go here.
1: Yeah, one thing we learned from the Hacksaw era is uh, a lot of times the team wasn't prepared and they would come out and it, it just like it seemed like every time they got the puck, you know, the defenseman would dust it off and then it just be flubbed and all of a sudden it's a, it gets lost at uh, the neutral zone. They, they can't seem to get possession. They can't seem to get anything going offensively. And it all starts with bad passes and just general sloppy play. And I didn't expect to see that, but I was really hoping not to. That's something I wasn't stressed by the coaching staff because that's a quick way to get behind. And it looks like they you didn't see any of that. They came out strong. They came out like they were, you know, it wasn't perfect, but how they w- they were what you'd expect from the team we saw towards the end before COVID shut everything down. So it's a, it's a minor thing, but it, it happens early enough in games. It's a quick way to get behind. So it was good to see that they weren't just having all these – Turnovers and giveaways and they just played their
0: game and it showed and they they looked like their old selves for the most part I would agree. I think pittsburgh kind of looked like The team that we were hoping the flyers wouldn't be pittsburgh. I thought even though they came out and scored first They kind of looked flat their pk looked like shit. Their power play didn't look that great Uh, I'm i'm happy with the way the flyers came out as well I was pleasantly surprised that they looked uh, as good as they did uh secondly here you were looking for guys to stay out of the box no uh, no dumb penalties uh i guess this goes along with the line of uh playing a clean style hockey game
1: yeah it's it's the same thing you don't want to see it's pittsburgh you know so you don't want to see them do anything stupid because it's the rival you don't want to see them uh put themselves out of position trying to do something or just get behind because I was a little worried how the goal attending could be. You have Carter Hart playing two periods. This is just after we heard, you know, he had those back spasms or he was starting to, and took himself out of practice. And I don't want to see him laboring in goal, knowing that he could back could start spasming. And the one way to get that to happen is to have a lot of penalties to kill. So they had three, which is fine. Three, three is normal. It's like average one, a period. And which goes into my second point, which really was just special teams play. P.K. picked up right where it left off. They killed all three penalties. They look good doing it. They um, they especially in the second period, they were killing time off the clock. They just Kevin Hayes doing his thing, you know, skating around, just killing precious time. Uh, a lot of zone just dumping it fine, not doing anything stupid or too much. And they just look like a mature team. Um, and I, I had to listen to the penguins broadcasters for the first two periods. Cause I had my phone app, which was oh it was dreadful, but the second period, even they admitted like the flyers have just looked like the better team tonight. And at that point they did. Um, so yeah, it was for sure. The only other thing was my power play and they only had one shot at it. They went over one. So I'm, I'm not going to kill them for that. Uh, they only took, you know, six, pen- six minutes of penalties. They they let in hits. They blocked more shots. I'd like to see uh, less giveaways. They had 12. Um, but for the most part, what can you expect? Your team hasn't played in so long. Here they are playing, and they won in overtime. And they, you know what? They look pretty good doing it.
0: Yeah, I think the the win is a huge plus. You know, it gives you some confidence uh, heading into the next game, which is Sunday. So, I mean, they have a couple of uh, couple days, nights off to, to – You know, let this kind of sink in and get some things together before the next game. And it always feels better, you know, leaving positive. So let's get to some of the things I had here real quick. And, you know, my number one thing was for the guys to head into the next game healthy. Uh, You saw Brian Dumoulin take a a slap shot off the inside of his skate. First thing I'm thinking is, holy fuck, that's how easy it could be, you know, for somebody to get hurt. Uh, Luckily, as far as we know, no injuries. Flyers are going into next Sunday's game healthy. Uh, the Second thing I wanted to see the goalies play well, can, kind of carry that confidence into the next game, and they absolutely did. And I think the team in front of them makes it pretty easy for for those guys to feel good, you know, make some saves. The only time I ever felt the Flyers didn't have control of that game was kind of midway through that third when it looked like Pittsburgh was kind of uh, putting their foot down a little bit, but the Flyers matched their they ended up matching their play. My last point here. I think was something lame, like just go and have fun, and it looked like they were playing for real. Like it wasn't just an exhibition game. It looked like, like you guys were saying, Av laid down the law, said this is how I want you guys to play, and they went out and played a hockey game. It wasn't bullshit at all. That was a real game that we watched today. So I guess that's a good thing. You know, they these guys are psyched up. they they're already focused on the task at hand, and the real thing starts up Sunday. Uh, after watching this game. Are you guys encouraged at all or are you kind of like, yeah, it's still an exhibition game? Um, I, a little bit of both, but I have to say for the most part, I'm encouraged. I, I
1: just they didn't look like they didn't belong. They looked they were the better team, and that's the least you can ask for. When we went to start the season and they played that Swedish team or whoever the hell whoever the hell they played and they lost, we were like losing our minds, you know, so to see them come in and play pit of all teams. And yeah, it's not as ramped up as it's still a preseason game. Uh, but just to see them clearly be the better team and, you know, have get tied up late with their backup goalie in net, what have you, and go into overtime and get the win back was fantastic. Like, they just they showed the perseverance. They showed they can be the better team for the majority of the game. It's everything you want to see. Outside of winning 8 to nothing. like, what more can you ask for?
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, even in an exhibition game, they give up the lead late, and then they come out in overtime and they still win the goddamn game. Like this team hasn't changed
1: doing it. They had two, they had uh, Hayes had a breakaway. Lawton had a breakaway, which he scored on. Like they know what they're doing. They're looking good. Even there was even that three on one breakdown. Um, they did, they didn't get, the Penguins did not get a good chance off of that. If you saw that play, like you, you're like, Oh, here we go. Tic-tac-toe open net goal. That's not what happened at all. He ended up having to take a bad shot and a rebound, missed the net by a mile. So like even that they were
0: looking strong. Yep. Absolutely. Um, what else do you guys want to talk about from this game? Kyle, was there anything that you wanted to point out necessarily?
2: Um, Not really. I, I, I enjoyed watching them play. I enjoyed the physical aspect that they brought a lot because, I mean, if you're going to make a deep playoff run, that physical game has to be there. And to see it come out, especially in the exhibition game right off the bat, I mean, that that, sh- that showed me the team's ready to play. Like, for real ready to play, not whatever to how Pittsburgh was doing for the first two periods.
0: Yeah, they, they did come out kind of funky, right? Like that's how you'd expect the Flyers to come out, at least Flyers teams from the past, like just come out and just not be ready to play. Flyers were skating circles around them, I thought. Even though the shots were kind of even through two periods, I think it was like 16, 12, something like that. It just seemed like the Flyers were kind of controlling play. Like I know it's exhibition again, but Sidney Crosby didn't really stand out the way he usually does. Like our star guy stood out. Couturier yeah. scored. I remember He's seeing scored.
1: Sid the Kid try to dangle uh,
0: in the third period, I believe, and that got
1: shut down immediately. Like, his first move didn't even get by. I was like, uh-oh, maybe uh, Father Time's knocking on that door a little bit because he did not look like the superstar franchise guy that I had been told about for years past.
2: If uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure Crosby's coming back from injury as well. Ah, so, uh, I mean, excuses! If you're a generational
1: I'm just player,
2: long how long does he be recovering? It's been like six months. Well, he wasn't even able to practice.
1: Or shit, that's the NHL backing up their boy. Mm-hmm.
0: What was actually wrong? Like they never came out and said what was up, right? He just, just no, I don't think so. It's his penis
2: or lack thereof. <laughs>
1: Um, what'd you think about the, uh, the no crowd, the pumped in noise, they had the things over the seats like that. Does any of that distract
2: you guys or anything?
1: I love the crowd noise.
2: The only thing that distracted me (laughs) is it sounded like somebody was tap. I guess it was the crowd noise that was being pumped in. I'm not even sure, but it sounded like somebody was tapping a stick on the fucking ice. For no fucking reason, the entire third period, and I'm like, this sounds like me playing be a pro mode in NHL, just whacking the ice, like pass it to me. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck
0: is that? Jack, did you hmm. hear any of that?
1: I didn't notice it. That's what it was. Now, maybe but you should surprise me.
0: nerd ropes over there. It's <laughs> a <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll be it honest, I didn't notice cool. any of that stuff. I was so I was just focused on the game. I didn't really – if I watched the game from start to finish, like live, and not listened to half of it, maybe that would have affected my opinion. But based on what I did see, it was all game for me. Didn't notice much else, which is good. I mean, that's, that's what you want. You don't want to dwell on those things.
0: Yeah.
2: One thing I did notice I was a little con- – or not concerned with, but was a little confused by was if the Flyers were the home team, how come there wasn't
0: a goal horn when they scored, dude? There was, but it was so delayed. They didn't turn it on until they got to like the bench for handshakes. Are
2: you That's serious? I, yeah,
0: I noticed that because when the Penguins scored, it came on right away. when the Flyers scored, I'm like, all right, there's just nothing. And then like they start already, they start playback up, and oh, there's the goal horn. I'm like I might want to. Because I get
1: a, I'm the Flyers are up two to one. I got this uh, no notice on my phone. This is talk about delayed. It's like in the second period. Oh, the first sound of the horn in Toronto is uh, Connor Sheary scores. I'm like, Flyers up two to one. I'm like, yeah. what <laughs> happened in the first period? Five minutes in. While well, I'm getting this text now,
2: they're you know, all they're working like, out kinks, man.
1: Favoritism. Soft. Final answer.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what. I I really want to catch that late game, but I'm not going to be able to stay up for it. What, what? a fucking <laughs> exhibition game matchup.
0: Edmonton oh, there's a game. Tonight.
2: Yo, Edmonton and Calgary, dude. If it if it was
1: if it was anything but an exhibition, I'd I'd watch it.
2: Well, I, I mean, hey, if any game is gonna get chippy, it'll I be know, that I fucking one. Tent- <laughs> I know, I know.
1: I'm gonna see Lucic Cheech and uh Neil go at it. <laughs> Kachuk's
2: Kachuk and Cassian. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. Damn.
0: James- I forgot about James Neal. That guy. Trade? Yeah, I forgot that he played for Edmonton, Calgary. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was that was a big off-season trade that Edmonton won
0: <laughs> friggin' Lucic.
1: Well, yeah, uh,
2: we stick James Neal with fucking Connor McDavid. Yeah, he's gonna put up points, even if they're bouncing it off his forehead.
1: Yeah, he he started off the season with like eight goals in like four games. It was retarded. It was ridiculous. Oops. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys. So uh, we're going to run a, a quick ad on the other side. We have a special guest joining us. D. Nasty, Derek Settlemyer, will be joining us for the second half of the episode. So we'll see you on the other side. We do have a special guest for the episode. I want to introduce former Flyers Equipment Manager, Derek Settlemyer. Derek, thanks for joining us, man.
3: Oh, thanks for having me, guys.
0: We're doing a, a take two here.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: right. uh, listeners I already know we had you on before. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties with the... Uh, episode so we're going for uh, take number two so thanks for hanging out with us again Derek
3: yeah for sure
0: so uh Jack if you want to go ahead and start the opening up man
1: well Derek it's a real pleasure to have you on again appreciate it
3: yeah uh, thanks for having me
1: yeah just going to do my best to recant what we talked about um so been with the organization quite a long time or had been uh, yeah I wanted to ask you I'll uh, bring it all the way back um I know your dad worked as well with the organization in the same position. So, how? Just start us off. How did you get into hockey? Was it because of your father, or
3: was it all you? And were you a Flyers fan? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, first of all, I was always a Flyers fan because uh, because of my dad. Obviously, I lived in, I grew up in North Carolina, but was uh, up in Philadelphia quite a bit to see him every year, uh, a few times a year. And I always wanted to obviously be around when hockey season was going on, but uh, I went to uh, college, and I was going to – my main goal was to be a basketball coach one day. Believe it or not, all five, eight of me was – a. I played basketball in college, so no one seems to believe that when they see me, obviously. <laughs> but uh, that was my plan, and as I – my junior year, I just started kind of thinking about, you know, I, I obviously knew I wasn't going to be in the NBA, so uh, I uh, wanted to um, – I started talking to my dad about becoming a, you know, equipment manager and, and stuff like that. And I started taking more business courses and sports management. And then I was fortunate enough that Mr. Clark gave me a job in, uh, in Florida, uh, in uh, the inaugural year of Florida Panthers with my dad. So that's how I got into it.
1: I just wanted to ask you real quick, what, what is it like being with the team in their very first season in the NHL?
3: It, it was it was wild and, and obviously it was my first job. So uh, I remember the first week was just so crazy. We had, we had 70 plus players and I, my head was spinning and my dad really wouldn't let us go to bed about the first three days. We just had so much to do. And, but it was really cool once we got settled in. Um, Like I said, it was kind of new to me too, but the team was actually Mr. Clark put a really good team together. We missed the playoffs that year by one point, so it was real exciting. And in, in, in Miami, that we played in Miami, and it was it was packed every night. It just caught on right away. And, and like I said, the team was good and competitive, so it, it was a lot of fun. And, and looking back on it, it was it was really cool. I learned a lot actually in that time, uh, just watching my dad and Tim Leroy, who was the other equipment manager, uh, you know, getting ready for the whole season and then camp and everything else. So it was, it was really, really cool.
1: So when, how did you make your way back to Philly? Was it with Clark?
3: Uh, Yeah, it was. Uh, So I was hoping we would stay in Florida. I loved it and I loved all the guys and that's kind of all I knew. Obviously I'd been there a year and then Mr. Uh, Snyder got Mr. Clark back and he brought my dad and myself uh, back with him. So once I was back up here, I, you know, I was, I was like, God, oh, this is where I belong anyway. So, uh, I'd always, it was hard to play the flyers when I was in Florida. Cause I, you know, that's all I've ever known. So it, it was, it was cool to get back to Philadelphia. Did
1: you have a favorite flyer growing up?
3: Um, I had a few Rick Tocchet, um, was one of my favorites, uh, Pelly Lindbergh, uh, when I was a little kid, uh, he, I did a lot of stuff with him. Usually, when I came to visit my dad, I would I would spend one night with with Pelly because he was like a kid, and he had all these cool uh, car, like these remote control cars that you see now that no one really had back then. They were like really fast. There's no telling what he was paying for him, but I just I enjoyed him. He was he was a great guy, and uh, Craig Berube was one of my favorites. I, I had a lot, but those those three were probably my top three.
1: So. You've been back. You're back with the team, and one thing I noticed when I did a little research on you, because I don't see a whole lot about the the behind-the-scenes stuff, but when the players are coming to the ice, it seemed like you had a little uh, move, or you know, somebody swings at you, you duck under, you and Simmons jump up and bump. And uh, so, how do you get close with the team to start something like that? Like, how do you? Well,
3: because it just shows that you were close with the team. Yeah, well, you know, like you're basically with those guys more than you're with your family. To be honest, uh, we're always together. You know, you travel, and you know, guys come in in the morning. It's it's what I miss most is like guys coming in, sitting in the office, uh, just you know, having a coffee and shooting the the crap, and and uh, just talking about crazy things, and just one thing would lead to another, and we. Some of the guys, we would come up with our own little uh, handshakes and things like that. So it just, you know, just being around each other so much, we just kind of, just kind of made up. I had one basically for each guy usually.
0: Is there any
1: players that uh, weren't privy to that and just kind of did their own thing? Some guys just
3: weren't that wild, so you know, they just give you the fist bump, which was fine.
0: You know, if I can, if I can bring up a nickname real quick, because I wrote it down from the. Episode that we don't speak of anymore. Yeah. We had a <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think one of the handshakes was called the bird feeder. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Scott Hartnell. That, yeah. that, that was the Bird feeder.
0: Dude, that's yeah. too funny.
3: Yeah. He was he 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 kind of got the name bird dog because everybody used to tell me he looked like uh, Larry Bird. So that's how he uh, he had that. Uh, it was great how the one Halloween he, he was Larry bird. He had a little, the little stash and it was, it was pretty good. That's But too that's funny, how we man. came up with the bird feeder. That was our little move.
0: That's gold, man. That's classic right there.
1: Would you say you have all the uh, different maneuvers you had? Was that one, your favorite?
3: Yeah, that was <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, him. And, you know, like Wayne, we, he was, that was a good one. Zach Ronaldo. him and I had a good one and Braden Coburn, i wouldn't say we had one one normal thing because he would switch it up all the time he'd come flying down the hall i never knew where he was going to hit me i just tried to move around and catch his hand or his elbow or whatever it was so he was a little wild but uh yeah the, zach and simmer the bird feeder those are probably my favorites
1: <laughs> uh fast forward a little bit you uh, just basically tell us what it was like um, to take over as head equipment manager and to get that option with the team that your dad worked for. And pretty much as you stated before the your dream job,
3: it was, it was a dream come true. I, I had uh, actually had agreed to take the job in LA. Um, Dean Lombardi got the job uh, as the president and GM and I had agreed to take that job. And then it just kind of things worked out to where I was able to stay. And, you know, I really didn't want to leave and, I was offered like you said my dream job and it was one of the best best days of my life getting that job and then from there on out all you know however long 15 14, 15 years it's it's something I just loved I never took it for granted that's for sure
1: and just to stay with that as good as, as big as a dream as that was what was it like to go to the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver and be their head equipment manager
3: uh, I that was amazing I, I actually had to pinch myself. Once we got into the arena the, the day and I was looking around and you see the Olympic signs and I was just like, wow, like obviously I wasn't playing, but still there with the team. It was just that was probably the best two weeks of my life. I had I just had so much fun. It, we, we you know, we didn't we didn't lose a game till the, the very last one, the most important one. <laughs> but uh, it was a great experience. It was it was a time of my life.
1: So how did, how did you get that job that um, was, has something to do with who was putting together team America or team USA? I, I think, I know Holgram had his hands in that. Uh, is that how he just reached out to you to bring you along or was there a different process for that?
3: Well, um, I had worked. What's uh, sometimes once you get your foot in the door with, with USA hockey, then if you, I guess, do a decent job, they, they, want to bring you back. And I was fortunate enough to do two um, world championships in a row And I got to know Jim Johansson real well. And then, you know, I knew uh, Mr. Burke and and Mr. Holmgren had, you know, he obviously pushed for me as well. And I I got that call. I I remember getting the call for that. It was was pretty awesome. Um, So So, I think there was a certain process they went through, but I had been uh, working with them, you know, uh, a little bit. So I I think that helped.
1: Okay. Um, I guess the only other thing I can think of, can you just take us through a quick day in the life of when, as your time as head equipment manager, what your job entails and how early you got to be there and what your off season's like, if you even have
3: one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so a normal day, say if we're at home, uh, depending on where we skated, well, it really didn't matter. I I'd get up really early anyway, and I would, I would probably get to the rink around six. Usually. Um, we always tried to have everything ready for practice the day before, So in case of emergency came up, you know, you're not still trying to set up for practice. Uh, The guys would uh, come in. They usually it depends on each player, but they they have their different times. They would come in. So we would skate at 1030. You, you you know, straighten up, turn the heat on. That's when you get about an hour. You you go have lunch and then you're kind of preparing for the guys to come back and, you know, have the game. So usually be done by you know, I'd say I'd get home probably around 1130, 12 o'clock at night. And sometimes, sometimes later. So there would be long days. Uh, Even home games were were long days. And the, uh, the off seasons used to really be an off season, but it, it, the last few years, every year, it just becomes more of a, you know, 12 month a year job uh, with all the development camps. And I mean, we were having goalie camps every, I mean, you name it. So a lot of the kids try to stay in the area, which I don't blame them. They're putting an effort to, to try and make the team and be the best pros they can. So there were always guys here the last few years. So it basically turned into wasn't a huge part of your summer. You get off. But I was, I'm a rink grad and I, I loved it. It never bothered me.
1: Now, did that start? Um, I assume that over time, the NHL in general has just, you know, bled into the offseason more and more with their camps. But is that something you started to see pick up? And if you want to just name anything else that you would noticed between going from Holgram to the
3: Hextall era? Um, as far as, like, how the league was changing?
1: Well, like, uh, is it something that – it just strikes me as something that Hextall would do. Uh, I could figure the league oh. be heading that way anyway, but right. was he one I, of the I, first I on it?
3: Yeah, um, we we did seem to have more um, longer development camps and everything uh, w- when uh, Hex came, but I think everyone did it throughout the league. I mean, you know, I just talk to other friends and equipment guys. I think you know ours were maybe a little longer than some teams, but it did seem to start changing around the time of Hexy, and I don't know if it was just Hexy, it was. I think it's just like you said, the way the league is going and, and, you know, these guys, like you hear like, you know, Billy Barber and, and Clarky and those guys talk about when they used to come to camp, they would come to camp to get in shape. You can't do that anymore. Obviously, you guys know that these guys are, are an absolute beast and they have to stay in shape all year. And, you know, most guys don't take much time off. Um, so I think it started changing anyway, but uh, you're, you're right about that. It was about when Hexie, Got here, um, it really it picked up.
1: Um, I, the only other thing I would ask is, did you notice anything else with him? Because you know, we a lot of, a lot of things came out when he got uh, let go, and a lot of it was a tight ship that he he ran, and a lot of to a lot of people's discontent. So, just your thoughts on that whole thing?
3: Yeah, you know what, he was great with me. You, it's just you know when you when you get a new boss, you have to learn, you have to realize what they want. And uh, with me, it was never anything crazy. Just he wanted a little bit more hands-on, wanted to know what more of what was going on. Um, so with me, I didn't really have a problem with it. Once I learned, you know, the little things, there were times where he'd be like, you know, hey, like, let me know about that next time. And I'd be like, oh, okay, my, you know, I just, whatever. But uh, it was never... He was great with me, to be honest with you. I, I didn't have any issues, that, you know, and I kept to myself. So if other people had issues, I've I worked so much. I'm downstairs. I don't know, you know, I know things were said, but I never had any issues with him. He was great to me.
0: So, Derek, let me ask you. So a lot of the listeners who are listening, uh, obviously they want to hear your stories, but, I, you know, they want to hear, I feel like. Your relationship with a lot of these players is unique to, you know, a lot of other players who are around the team. You know, like you, you kind of, you know, the, the little uh, niches and, and things that the players need, you know, to play in a game or something as as intimate as a pregame ritual or, or things like that. You know, you're around these guys and I think the listeners want to know, uh, you know, some cool stories. So if I can ask you without, you know, overstepping anything here, you let me know. What can you describe maybe what the atmosphere was like in that room for the last 4 or 5 years and if if at all if it changed at all compared to this year?
3: Um the atmosphere was was never like a bad atmosphere, that's for sure. There're too many good guys in there. Um it was different this year with uh AV coming in. You know, he's a he's a big name. Um he's been very successful uh obviously hasn't won a cup yet, but i think this i don't want to jinx them but i i really think they've got a really good chance to share um but uh the room you know the last four years it it can get frustrating when you're not winning but it's because the guys care you know like uh but it was never a bad atmosphere in there that's for sure um this year when the when we started rolling uh when i was there it was it was amazing i mean it's always fun when you're winning right like it's hard to not have fun when you win um but things did change a little bit with av but uh he's a fun guy too um he likes he he, i enjoyed av a lot he was fun um the atmosphere was great in that room and i'm sure it's great right now from what i hear you know i saw a few of the guys last week so they're happy and they're ready to get going
0: it's awesome that's great to hear so I guess kind of uh, other avenues I can go with that is, you know, you've been a part of, you know, 15 to 20 plus trade deadlines. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there ever a player that you were kind of sad to see go?
3: Well, the first going to come to mind was Wayne. Obviously, um, that was a tough one last year. You, you kind of knew it might happen, but you're hoping, you know, obviously we were all hoping it wouldn't happen. Um I remember he came through what's the deadline three o'clock I can't remember it yeah I guess it's three o'clock and he was actually at the rink and he came by and he's like nast I'm still here (laughs) it's like it was literally like 10 minutes till three and I'm pretty sure that's what time it was and I was just like oh why'd you say that (laughs) you know and uh, (laughs) then he, he laughed and then it came across you know we then we found out and we're just like oh man it's just tough to see a guy like that go you know um that's probably the one that sticks out the most to me
2: you got players obviously you were extremely fond of what player like preferred his shit in a way that it was not the easiest for you to accomplish what player did you dislike if that's all right i
3: honestly i'm not just saying it because i I really haven't had a player I, i disliked ever um Trying to think, somebody. I've also been lucky because we never really had anyone like I know guys on other teams that have been. They're just absolute horror stories.
2: <laughs> Mike, um,
3: uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to call anyone out, man. There's just been some some guys that are just changing things all the time, and um, <laughs> I I was always fortunate. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, JVR likes to switch things around a lot but it's not like it's difficult he changes a lot of things around a lot with, especially with his skates um moving like moving the blade a little bit it's it's harder than it sounds like you had to take all you know the holder off glue it drill new holes and he has like uh he has spacers in there too for height and he likes to change those a lot but He's great. I'm making it sound bad. He was never bad, and he was easy. He always gave me a heads up on it. Um, like I said, I, I've been fortunate. Never really had anyone that was like, "Oh man, like I got to do this," you know, all the time. It was I, I was lucky that way.
1: I, I have an interesting question. So I don't know what I was watching, but it was about a head equipment manager with the Rangers during one of their Stanley Cup runs, and um, he said yeah. that Mark Messier. He claims oh. that his uh, skate was messed up and he would just he goes, all right, and he just he'd pretend to mess with it, put it back all of a sudden That's,
3: fine. Are they like that? Mess <laughs> was like that. And I'll tell you this, my first year in Florida, uh, the gentleman you're speaking of, his name's uh, Mike Folga. God rest his soul he just passed away a little while ago. Um he was he was a great guy and I loved him. And I remember the Rangers coming in and the funny thing was They were all, everyone that came to Florida stayed like three days. They didn't just come in the day before, play the game and leave. Everyone's kind of vacationing. And I remember, Oh, iron Mike was coaching them. Obviously I think that was the year they won the cup. Um, and like 80% of the team had sunburnt shoulders and back. They had all been out like at the beach and everything. It was pretty funny, but Mark Messier came in this true story. And he said to Mike, he said, hey, Mike, can you can you just move the right blade a little bit? So Mike said, can I back then you didn't give the visiting team an extra riveter and all this stuff? You know, it was kind of bare bones back then. I'm talking about '93, '94. So he said, hey, I got to come down to your room. So I'm watching him and he's kind of showing me what he's doing. So he, he literally mass made a mark with a with a magic marker. And so he literally moved it. I'm I'm talking just you, there's no way you can tell the difference. Comes <laughs> off the ice, comes off the ice. Said Folks, great job. They feel great.
2: Comes back, <laughs> comes back
3: before the game when the team comes back before warm-ups, Says you know what Folks, can you can you move it back just a hair? Folks is like sure, mess you know. Take him back down to the room. This is I'm not exaggerating guys. Changes it changes it again. Uh, warmups. Changes it again. I'm not kidding you.
0: This is fourth time now.
3: Yes. Uh, plays the first period. Plays the second period. Comes off the ice. asks Folks to move it again. He goes down and he takes the line. He takes a blue marker and he makes it thicker so it looks like he moved. It gives it back to Matt. <laughs> he comes off the ice. He says they were unbelievable. Folks didn't even move them. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the man move his blades four times. In less than ten hours, I, I was like, wow! It's like every guy like this. That's what I you know I'm thinking to myself. I can't believe, it, but it's the truth. Like he he was a he was a mess. No no pun intended. Like that guy, I I never seen anything like that.
0: So would that be an example of a difficult guy?
3: That's difficult when you have to move someone's blade. Like that's that's craziness actually. To What's be that? honest with you, and I I think most guys mess. mess Mark Messier'd probably tell you that too, but um, that that would be where I'd be like, hey, like come on,
0: like, like, <laughs> you're busting my ridiculous. balls, man.
3: I mean, like you're you're trying to, gl- and you're talking about he's doing it in between when you only have about 14, 15 minutes to get it back to him. And the best was <laughs> he did that. And I'm like looking at him, <laughs> and one of the other things was funny was this older gentleman that had been with the Rangers forever who actually didn't sharpen skates. His name was Joe Murphy. And he was down in their locker room. But he was the other equipment manager. And Mike was making the mark with his magic, with his uh, Sharpie. And he says, we got to wait a second because he's going to know if I go back right away. And then you could literally hear Murph. You hear,
0: like like a snake.
3: <laughs> like my son took it and threw it across his, <laughs> the wheel. And folks goes, oh, no. And I'm like, what? He goes, Murph's on my machine. Said, we got to go back he <laughs> running down the hallway. He's like, "Murph, no. Yeah, someone skates. Someone said I need my skates done. And he thought he was gonna be so long, so he was out in the hallway, and then we took Messier skate, he came in after the game. Like I said, it's like unbelievable. They were great.
2: That's too funny, man. It was, it
3: was pretty funny.
2: Yeah. As an equipment like I play hockey, so like I'm always curious because I don't have the same access to obviously a full-time equipment manager. What would you say the biggest change? for a plier in between periods that you ever accomplished the biggest change um probably
3: changing like guys breaking a uh the holder you know the plastic part of the tube part of the blade um changing like a full set like a, a both both skates because you don't have much time i mean that's not like that big of a deal i'm sure like everyone's an equipment manager's done it but i'm you know, sometimes, like, changing a uh, goalie's cage can be difficult. It doesn't make any sense because you order the cages and they're custom, but sometimes they're just – you're having to move them around. It, it it can be tough, and you have to make sure it's centered. That's happened a bunch of times. Uh, but probably just changing your player's skate blades because they basically – they have to go out in their skates that they're wearing, even though everybody had a backup pair. The backup pair are usually either – too old that they don't want to play in them, but they're there for an emergency or they're too new and they haven't really broken them in that well yet. So that was, that's one of the biggest things, Um, you know, you get thrown curveballs all the time. Like I've literally, I've stitched a guy's shoulder pad on the bench. Like I've done that actually a bunch of times, like probably five or six times, like literally during the game, like take a needle thread out, stitch, stitch something, but um, probably changing skate blades for a pair, like, that quickly that, that's probably one of the, the biggest things
1: well since since you're right there on the bench you hear a lot of smack talk
3: it's one of my favorite things <laughs> <laughs> i just used to i used to love it and the like the team now has some really good quick-witted guys on the team um i, I used to enjoy that a lot like hearing the guys do that it's you, you wish they were mic'd more, but it's, you know, they can't play everything because sometimes it's a little, it's you know, it can be harsh. It's not like it used to be, though. They're you know, everyone's pretty careful, but it, it is fun to hear them going at it.
1: Is it true? And you may not know this, this might be a stretch, but that Drew came up with the term pigeon for certain players if they, they're not good enough to score on their own and uh, uh. they're.
3: Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. He, yeah, no, no, he, go right, he didn't it. come up with that term. Like Craig Baruby's the guy I've always heard say pigeon. Um, that's where that's where G got it from. Cause Chiefs always calling guys pigeons. Um, so but yeah, he does he does say that a lot. You remember he was saying at the JVR first I think the first time he came back, or maybe it wasn't the first time, but when he was in Toronto, there's a clip you could see on YouTube where he's making like a pigeon sound and he's yeah exactly yeah and he's asking phil like did you have a pepsi today how many did you have today phil
1: <laughs> well is there is there any particular game that sticks out where somebody just said something so quick-witted or just something ridiculous that took place
3: well i mean there's been a, there's yeah been you a could lot. say it there's been a lot of them um i'll tell you a guy that was he might be the best guy I've ever heard. He was so fast and quick was Ben eager and he would have us dying on the bench. The stuff that would come out of that guy's mouth. Uh-huh. He was so funny. Um, but I'm trying to think if something really, really stands out, there's just been so many times like, you know, the guys, God, they, they talk so much, you know, like I remember, you know, guys telling a guy, "Hey, turn around." What's your name? You know, like a young guy that's coming in and lipping off, and uh but you know, a lot of stuff you can't really say. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, you could say it. it, it no, I'm, I'm just, I honestly you put me on the spot here. I'm trying to think of something really good. I have mean, heard so many, I've heard so many things. Ah, oh, God.
1: First is one there, is there ever What's been that? a time? Is there ever been a time where, like, a player went a little too far with an official?
3: You know what? We were talking about this the other night. We were, I was with um a couple of guys uh, last week, and and we were having a you know a couple beers, and and it was, it was getting late. We we started talking about Chris Pronger. Yeah. And Prongs, I've never seen the officials were afraid of him. Like he said <laughs> things to officials that. If you say that, you might get thrown out of the game. Like, I'm not kidding you. I've never seen a guy yell at officials. I was I remember the first game, he was just I mean, F you and what you know, like I mean, usually they're like, Oh, you're in a box and they're just like looking at him like they're scared. Like, what's he gonna do? He can't do anything to an (laughs) official, you know. But he was just he he had so much respect from those guys. Like, if you watch prongs, he could be in the penalty box probably every shift. He would come in and just Get someone on the wrist, and then the guy was like, What? What? You know, and, and we're like, he's gonna be in the box all night, you know, when we first got him, but that guy could he could say anything he wanted, and he usually did not get a penalty. It was crazy.
0: Why well, What was it about Pronger? I don't
3: he's know. A ju- I guess he's a goddamn respect, monster. Just okay, the the monster. he was a monster, and I think because of just how confident he was in the way he would just say it they, they just kind of like look at him and you know, <laughs> Tell them
0: they go. be like,
3: okay, enough, enough. But it was like, like anyone else would be in a box right now for, you know, two minutes for sure. Like just for the things he would say to our officials, it was, it was, it was great. It was funny.
2: I felt kind of bad for the guys, but <laughs> I mean, you
3: know, it is what it is.
2: You you get to spend a lot of time on the bench and this. I know you spend a lot of time in in the AHL and the NHL, has there any been a time ever been a time since we were discussing chirping that that things got heated between players? Like does it go back to the locker room and it gets squashed immediately? Oh, you mean the same team? Yeah.
3: Um I mean there there have been times I mean, you know, you're playing a, a game like hockey and, and obviously if you, in any sport on a team, you might get in an argument with your teammates. I've I've seen it happen on the bench and it spill into the room, but I'm never like you know, you've heard stories of like two guys going at it. I've never seen that. Obviously, on the ice, I've seen it in a practice, but, uh, um, yeah. I mean, and and it's not it's not because of dislike or anything. It's just you know, two two men, you know, adrenaline going, testosterone and and just pissed off and, and take it back to the room. And it usually gets squashed right there. Like it's, it's, you know, by usually by the time they go back in there and have a couple words and it's, it's calm, you know, and then they're laughing, of course, having a beer after the game. And, you know, it's just kind of funny and a good story to tell later.
1: So I I have a weird question. Uh, I just got brought up because we're talking about Pronger a little bit. Um, You were there 2010 Stanley cup run, right? Yeah. So what did he, what did he do with the puck in
3: games one and two? One and two? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, I know what happened to Game Six puck. Well. That one will never <laughs> be found. Um, I didn't know if he. I didn't know he took one. Did he take one and two also?
1: So what it was my understanding that he took the pucks because they were both in Chicago after Games One and Two? Because and the reason he did it, uh, was supposedly because all the talk was going to be on the Flyers down O two. They're a young team, young captain, and. You know, they were going to get peppered with all these questions about that, but nobody was asking that. They were
3: asking Pronger what he did with the pucks. And yeah. Like, I didn't take the puck. I, so I, I honestly don't remember that he took him in, from those games. That doesn't mean he didn't. I, I just I wasn't I remember, sure. I remember him getting the, the one in six, and the, those guys are kind of pissed off. I mean, you know, they wanted the puck, and no one will ever have that puck. That's for sure. It's gone. <laughs> I wasn't gone. sure if
1: he, like, Took it and handed it off to somebody just to hide it or something like that. No, he, he got rid of it. <laughs> he got rid
3: of it.
0: Like, put through it in the trash, got rid of it, or?
3: Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> gone. They could have faked one up, you know. They probably got one and faked it, but they, they didn't get that one.
0: Interesting. So on the the last episode we had you on, we, uh, we also talked about Pronger a little bit. He said he's... uh. Obviously, he's a good guy, but I, I posed the question to you: which which former Flyers uh, player was least likely to buy you dinner? And a certain player came to mind.
3: Least likely? What well, did I say him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably be Prongs. I, <laughs> I say that, but he was actually he was awesome. But we we would always just bust his chops. Well, no wonder you have a hundred million; and you don't spend a dime. <laughs> but he, like, I man, that guy was awesome. He was so good to me. We just like to bust his balls uh, a little bit about that. But he, he was actually good. He was good to me. But uh, we would always say that, like, I got your lunch. Don't worry about my prongs. Got a hundred <laughs> mil in the bank. I got gotcha. <laughs> oh you.
0: So God. on the contrary to that, because I can't even remember if I asked it on the last one, who's uh, most likely to to buy you dinner?
3: basically any of the guys to be honest with you but uh there's always there's always been guys uh that were go way above and beyond um just dinners and stuff like that that were great but most most uh guys would always buy your dinner you know if they see you in a restaurant you know same restaurant they would usually the waiter come over and be like hey you're you're looked after so the guys are really good that way
0: I wonder if uh, we can get that to work for us now. Hey, buddy, you, guys, you know Derek Sotomayor? Yeah, right. It wasn't because of me. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. They were buying my dinner. And
3: I, wish, I, I wish I could still. I don't, I don't have that luxury anymore. No one's buying yeah. my
0: dinner. I'm going to find out. I'm going to try it next time I see someone. Uh, so I, uh, earlier I asked you, who did you hate to see go? Was there any specific player in mind? There has to be a guy throughout your career that you were almost a little bit Glad to see get traded at the deadline, or glad to see not come back next year. Not glad, but maybe like, ah, thank God I don't have to deal with that guy again. Oh,
3: man, I really, I really didn't, to be honest with you. Like I said, like I've been so lucky. Like we never really had a guy that was, you know, that messed up to where we didn't want him around. You know, so no, no, like I don't more know if we talked about that. Briz a little bit, and I, you know, I, like Briz, I got along great with Briz, but he was wild. And he was such an easy maintenance wise. He was like, he was great. Like he, oh. he, he didn't say boo about his gear. He just wanted to, me to tell him he looked big in it every single day. Uh, but he was just, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I was,
1: I wouldn't big. say I
3: was glad to see him go. I don't mean that, but like, you know, what, all the stuff that it started becoming negative, you know, like just, um, I don't know if negative is a word, maybe I shouldn't say negative, but, uh, I don't even know what word I should use, but like, I was definitely wasn't glad to see him go, but it was almost like he's he's got to, you it's know. Like a
0: lot of the circus with him, the media was going crazy for him.
3: Yeah, it was. He he like I actually got along with him well. Um, he was he was a really funny guy. That's for sure. Different, different though.
0: <laughs> okay, so well, you mentioned he he wanted you to call him Big uh, every day. Which yeah. kind of brings me to my, one of my next topics here, uh, pregame rituals. I think you brought up somebody on the last time we talked to have some pretty crazy pregame rituals.
3: Uh, Jordan Wheel, yeah. there it
0: is. <laughs> Damn, right away, you knew who it was. Wow, I
3: mean, Wheelie, really, you know, he was. I love, I love him. I know I keep saying that about every guy. I say something about because I do. I love the guy, but he his pregame was wild. It, it made you tired watching him, <laughs> like. He would, he had his, he's really, really skilled. Obviously, if you've watched him play, you you know, he's a skilled player. He just flipping the puck back and forth, walked down the hallway with it. And then he got to, he would do the stick handle thing. But then the the thing that I told you guys about that confused me the first time I saw it was when he's sitting in a chair, making all these moves. (laughs) We found out, like I told you before, he was in his mind going up an elevator certain amount of floors and then back watching it open, close, go up, open, close in his mind and then come back down. And so guys were like, you know, they would bust his chops and he was good about it, but like they would come and push him and make him open his eyes and he'd lose his <laughs> head start over again, you know? Oh my God. Uh, but yeah. He, and then he would go through his, his moves. So his head was switch, switch. He'd be sitting in a stall. Everyone in the room's like, all right, let's go boys. And he's sitting there making he's thinking what <laughs> it was just it was just to watch him It was just wild. I remember Hexie because I obviously Hexie had him um, with LA and he was in Manchester um in the American League I think he led the league the American League in scored in the one year when they won the cup yeah he uh, got the, AHL MVP the, that year yeah the Calder Cup I mean he's a he's a super skilled player um great guy too but uh Hexy actually said to me Way to get a load of Wheelie's uh pregame stuff. And I'm like, can't be can't be that different. Like everybody's got their and I saw him and I'm like, is he all right? Like what's he doing? (laughs) Guys were like, holy cow, because he didn't play for a while. So when he finally got in the lineup, we were like, Oh, something's wrong. Like he needs some medication or something. I don't know what's going on there.
0: I'm surprised Hexy let that go on. I feel like he's the kind of guy that would, you know, you cut that shit out. You're scaring everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I
3: don't, I know, like, you know, like I said, there's a couple guys that mess with him, but Hexy just thought it was funny. He's just a guy, he's a weirdo, but I love him. So whatever, you know, <laughs> but he's not a weird guy. That's the thing. He's not a weirdo. He just, that part of him is, is different. I would love For to sure. know the origin of some of these rituals. You know, I'm, at, I'm actually mad at myself. I actually still talk to him. I got to ask him one day. I've, I've just never <laughs> even asked him just because I didn't want him to. You know why? Like, honestly, my son would come to the game. Uh, so he always liked to walk down the back hallway in the center where the guys were working out and he liked to give them five. Well, Elvis knew if Wheelie had his eyes closed, he would mess with him. But he loved Jordan because Jordan was always playing, like, you know, playing hockey with him in the locker room and stuff. So I would take him down the back hallway always to go say hey to my uh, buddies and if there was anyone he knew on the other team before it got too late and the one day my my son was he he was like uh sitting there and the guys came in and was like and he started doing his face like wheelie does and i remember a couple of your <laughs> boys were in, in my office uh he was in there and he like what are you doing he's like oh this is what wheelie does before the game in the hallway Oh my so God. it was pretty funny but he elvis knew like not to like not to mess with him while he was doing that. If his eyes were open, Jordan would obviously talk to him, but uh, it was pretty funny. Elvis,
1: he, uh, can we see he, the face? Yeah. Does he still does remember he how his, to do it?
3: Remember what Jordan <laughs> wheel used to do in the hallway? You don't remember with his eyes closed sitting in the chair.
0: Maybe oh, it's yeah, for the better. <laughs> <Maybe> you, <laughs>
3: for the better. You really don't remember when he would sit in the chair in the hallway and you'd walk by. Oh, I can't believe he doesn't remember that. Yeah, he remembers everything. He's he knows guys numbers from the '70s. I don't even know. I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, anyway,
0: that's okay. Um, so yeah, superstitions. Uh, Jordan wheels a guy that comes to mind. Anybody uh, have any superstitions that involve uh, their equipment?
3: Um, not, not, not really. Like nothing crazy. Um. Provorov has a lot of little things he likes to do too before a game. Um, and he'll say he's not superstitious, but he is. He he says he's not,
0: but he, he looks like is. he's, he's one of those guys.
3: Yeah. But he's, he's just so prepared. Like he, everything that kid does is, is uh, he's just, he's just prepared, but it would be funny. I don't know if I told you guys last time, I think we were talking about it, but if I like walked out in the hallway and I, I'd have to watch the clock because we had this, we had about four different things we would do. And one was I had to throw him a puck up and he had to catch it. And then he would, he would do some skill work like in the room. But if I wasn't there, my phone would ring. And I, I, I knew I was like, I'll be right back. I got to run in here and throw a pro this puck. Cause I kept it in my back pocket. And then, then I had to be there for him to give it back to me. Um, so I always, if, if I wasn't in the room, like for some reason, my phone would ring and I'd be like, I'll be right back, boys. I
0: gotta,
3: <laughs> I gotta go through. I knew it was like, he'd be like, nasty, you know. I'm like, sorry, dude. I got called out in the hallway, man. Oh yeah, that's definitely super sisters. <laughs> yeah, oh for sure. Like he would sit there and wait, like if even if it was like five minutes, like he would wait and he would just be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, sorry, <laughs> man. I have other stuff. Like I can't help it, you know. he he wasn't mad at me. He just he he just has his thing, you know.
0: That's pretty cool. What I, I did want to ask you, because been, you've been on some pretty darn good teams here, been a part of some pretty darn good teams. When a team's going to make a run, can you kind of feel it? Do they kind of know it?
3: You know, like going back to this team now, they know it. You know, and it's not like, it's, it's uh, confidence. I don't want to say cocky, but you want to have a little bit of arrogance, you know, and and be confident just like I know today was just a scrimmage basically, but you know, it's, it's been happening. They get down one, two, three goals, this team, they know they're going to get back in it, you know, and it's, you feel that. And like I said, as the year kept going, this team, like you just, the confidence, how close they are, everything. And you can actually feel it at camp, even though we didn't start out that great, obviously. Um, when when it got going, you could just tell this team, and I mean, I they're just they've got a confidence, and they should. They're, they're a great team. I mean, they really are a good team. I, I I would say they're probably the hottest team, right? Wouldn't you guys agree? Maybe when when everything stopped, Absolutely. had to be one top two or three top teams in the league. And I don't think I don't I don't think they're going to slow down. I, you know, they all stayed in shape. Everyone um like i said i saw i actually saw all the guys one night and everyone stayed in shape i mean they're they're they know that they've got a a really really good chance here and i i think they're gonna do it
0: wow so uh, on the telecast i think jim jackson actually said that they are tied for most points in the league since november because we've been we've all been saying the same thing like they're one of the hottest teams and then when you hear that, it's like, holy shit, like they've been kind of yeah. legit since before yeah, I Christmas. Mean,
3: yeah, I mean, we, like I said, when I was there, we, I mean, we were rolling. I mean, the boys were rolling. I shouldn't say we, the boys, you know, the guys, but uh, as far as the team, it was, uh, you just had, you just, the feeling around everything was, was, was awesome. And, and they're just confident. And, and they're good, and it's a great team, really good team. I think all four lines, and then you got depth, too. I mean, look at the depth. I mean, with some of these kids, you know, that aren't even – like I don't even know if, if Beezer will be in the lineup. He's a good player, and he's young. It's okay, but um, – He was flying around a little they, bit today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they had an extra forward. I didn't get to see all the game. I, I saw a little bit of it, but uh, I know they had an extra forward and D dress, which obviously won't happen. Mm -hmm. from here on out but uh how big z -Z play today or should i not even ask you guys i i didn't see much of it zamula yeah um
2: he's he got to see much he got to see a decent amount of ice and then he made a pretty uh pretty bad turnover and uh they they kind of yanked him for the rest of the game it's understandable he's a kid i mean he he impressed me with his defensive positioning was real solid the only thing that I, I was when I was watching, the only thing that I saw that I, I was kind of like, all right, that's something you got to work on for the future was he just didn't have the same like tenacity that the other players had. Like, yeah, I mean, you got to I mean, obviously, he's a kid in playing against grown men and it's a different league. But yeah. like you go into the corners and he would kind of like shy away from going into a battle to go get the puck. And it's like, no, uh-huh. dude you got to go in
3: there. you, gotta yeah, go you get have it. to. <laughs> and you know what? He'll learn that. The guys will even tell him. Like, he'll learn that. But he, he came in, you guys probably know, like, when he came into that development camp, like, like, how's this guy? Like, he's a pretty skilled player. I know mean, he's got a lot of groin and filling in and to do. Like, he's tall and, and lean. But uh, he's a great kid, too. It's it's great sense of humor. Like, I mean, he's awesome. But I just wondered how he played today because I, I really like that that young man he's a good dude
2: what did you uh so you got to deal with two free agent signings in the same manner of zamula coming in and phil myers who were you more impressed with first seeing you know what it's funny you
3: say that because i remember when phil phil came in um he is like i don't think he knows like how strong he is like he's one of those he's just put together like and he's he's like uh he's a good athlete this guy was over. He could like, jump out of the pool. like
0: Holy shit.
3: I'm not kidding you. Like, in my shallow end, it's like, what, three, three, three and a half, four feet, whatever it is. He's, like, jumping out of the pool. Like, he's powerful. But I remember one of the uh, – I don't know if it was a – I don't know if it was a rookie camp game or if it was just in an actual preseason game that he played. And I remember he was unbelievable. We were like, whoa. Like, this guy's skating. He was making – he was so confident. And then last year, Zamula did the same. So I was kind of like, it's funny you brought that up because both times we were just like, whoa, like, where does, you know, where did this guy come from? Uh, So I don't know if one of them was better than the other. But I know the way Phil has, like, how he's caught up to himself with weight and, you know, the size he he has now. I think Z will do that as well. So, yeah, another good young defenseman. You have sitting here, uh, depth-wise, for the Flyers.
1: It makes you wonder how's a defenseman that big with that set of skills not get drafted.
3: It, it does. It really doesn't make any sense because as soon as you know, like it's one thing if a guy has a really good day, but he followed him up every day. So you're like, how's this guy not drafted? Like you said, he's got size. Obviously, he's, he was eight, like oh, however old, 18 or 19. He's got to grow into his body. They all are, you know, smaller when they're when they first get drafted, but you're exactly right. You're thinking how, how could, and he's, he's in the Western league. It's not like people don't see him play. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm not a scout. I, I'm not putting anyone down, I, but I'm like, yeah. you, I don't, I don't know how it happened.
2: Well, you're not putting anybody down from the flyers because they found both of them. And invited yeah, them again. The exactly. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Totally. Totally.
0: Did the veteran guys get excited for the young kids coming up? Or are they kind of just like, okay, you're here and now you got to prove yourself.
3: Um, I think, they want them to prove themselves but i think they like it and they enjoy it because everybody remembers their you know when they were young and and uh they're they're always they're always really good to to the young guys when they do get up and get to play and i know i know like beezer's a, a room favorite uh joel Ferby um he, he's he's the guys really like him and you know they they're good at taking the ribbing and everything that they get but um I think the guys are genuinely happy for them when they do get that chance and get called up. It's well, fun to have young guys around, like, you know, because they do, they do get picked on and they seem to say something stupid, you know, and then the guys are really on them, but they, they love them, and, and I think they're happy for them.
2: It's like having a little brother. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, what's what's the best rookie hazing you've seen? Uh, well man, it, you know,
3: you used they used to at the rookie parties, it used to be pretty brutal. And when I say brutal, I mean, just with, you know, shot, shot, you know, and a poor guy's sick and then he's got to practice the next day. It's really slowed down. You know, it's kind of hard to do any kind of hazing anymore. Um, The the biggest hazing now is like you have your rookie party and you make every guy get up, tell a joke. There's been some good ones. Tell jokes, uh, imitate this guy on the team. Like, Hey, Joel, imitate G. So now he's got to make fun of G. They give him time to think about it. And then somebody over the to be like, okay, say this. And then, you know, G's sitting there and he's acting like he's pissed off when he knows he's going to do it. They did one a couple of years ago. I remember we had a, our, uh, our rookie party in Vancouver and the guys did a skit. And I, I was crying. They were so good. It was so good. They were like being coached. Some of them were the coaches. Some were the players. It was awesome. But that's the biggest hazing to do. make them sing their national anthem, make them tell a joke. You know, I would that, I would pay really
0: money too. to watch this. Oh my no, god, it's
3: great! It's great. You know, it's it's like it's always in a restaurant, closed off, though, so there's like you know, no one really sees it. But you know,
0: that's the, some funny shit. Guys. but
3: it is. It's awesome. It's it, Those are things you don't for, you know you don't forget. Those those are the fun things that you know I was able to do that you know always remember.
2: You ever you ever been in on any practical jokes taking place in the locker room? I know you guys had some jokers taken or jokers on the team for the.
3: Yeah, I I did a lot of that. Uh, I was I'm big on like I was scare guys like just stupid things <laughs> under a stall. Uh, we used to do this thing in Toronto where they're at right now, and the the visiting room they have this, they have a room. It's not a room. It's it's beside the one goalie stall. And it's a curtain that actually, if there's something else in there, it pulls around and splits the room up. So, but this curtain fits into this closet and it goes back about eight feet. So for years, (laughs) when they redid that room, I would get it like the guys would be like, okay, get this guy. So I would like send someone in there first behind all the, I mean, it's dark, it's black, it's a black curtain and there's no lights in this. So you're in a closet by yourself. So we'd send someone, we'd put someone in there behind the curtain and then tell one of the kids, Hey, I'm going to go get this guy and bring him over. So when I open it, jump out and scare him. Well, there was someone already in there waiting. <laughs> so they would get in there and be all quiet. <laughs> and then you just hear me. Ah! <laughs> and we would, you know, I would like get in. If you see my Instagram, I have a lot of stuff on there, but we would get, I would get get in a goalie cart, you know, and, either someone would tap it and come flying out (laughs) just lose it but you a lot of practical jokes uh mostly usually scaring guys is usually what it was
0: sounds like a a good time over there man so we're just about over 45 50 minutes we could talk to you all night man i I know you got (laughs) stuff to do we appreciate you coming on i mean right after Uh, work just jumping on with us that's awesome man and for the for the second time
3: I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. I, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, hopefully we, we get to talk to you again, uh, soon in the future. Uh, you have anything you want to plug? We know, uh, you, you have a, a new business going.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, subtle my skate sharpening. Um, I have a shop here, uh, and it's, it's actually going really well. I've been picking up a lot of people and as the rinks have opened, it's, it's really picked up. So, uh, um, that's basically it. Just kind of doing what I've always done, but, in my garage. I'd rather be somewhere else doing it, but it is what it is. And I love it. And it's been, it's been great.
0: Okay. And you, you prefer people find it for, uh, by the website or you, uh, you want to throw on social media out there?
3: Yeah. I have uh, the Instagram page is a uh, skate sharpening and uh, I have a Facebook page, the same. And my website's www.subtlemierskatesharpening.com.
0: All right, everyone. There he is. If you uh, need a, equipment fixes, equipment issues, <laughs> you know who to send it to. Before you, uh,
2: before you head out, I just wanted to uh, bring up that one time again. Uh, I wanted to say thanks again for when I was a kid. I was probably about twelve or thirteen years old, and you you were the equipment manager for the Phantoms, and we were me and my family were heading in now in Applebee's or GGI Fridays or something. And you were heading out and I'm like, Dad, I know him from somewhere. and I just <laughs> couldn't I couldn't put my finger on where I knew you from. I'm like, I know I, I see him all the time. Because that's the equipment manager for the Phantoms. And then you recognize me, recognize you. And we got we talked for a, a minute or two and you walked over to your pickup truck at the time, you dropped a tailgate, you handed me an Eric Mulash stick and yeah. a Tony Vosh stick, which are still Tony hanging Vos. up in my garage.
3: Ah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I thought he was here the other night. A little meatball.
2: I gotta get I gotta get him his stick back so he can sign. Oh, no, he's yeah. got
3: plenty. Don't worry about him. That's all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he just ordered a bunch from me, so he's good.
3: All
0: right, the nasty. You're the man, okay. dude. We'll, we'll let you go.
3: Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thank it you. Take pleasure. care. Th- all right. Thanks again. If this doesn't record, you're just gonna be
1: talking to me and Kyle next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>
0: See you Take guys. care, Derek. Thanks again. See you, Cameron. Bye,
1: guys. See you, See you Elvis. You. Elvis.
0: Yeah.